It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Here. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to start a, a podcast with your dad? Welcome to another edition of Go Look and Smetty. I'm Michael Look Sr. She is Jess Smetana, and the dude sick next to me is my son, Michael Look Jr., or Gojo, as you all know him, the Gojo Show on DraftKings. And already they're both laughing at me. See, this... <laughs> As I as I said, you know, I'm going to get my son Mike to come on because there's a lot to talk about in sports, and, and certainly the, he was at a Taylor Swift concert and TV shows out there. The two of you, it's like when you get together, are giddy and ripping me for my age because I say one thing and you both drop your heads down and laugh. Jess, why is that? No, I, it's true, and it's causing me problems in my personal life because I was on vacation with my boyfriend's parents over the weekend, and I made fun of his dad like for four days in a row. And I was ah! like, I have a, I have a problem. I need to stop. I need to stop doing this. I am so oh disrespectful. My, you really, you, and you do realize at some point, Jess, you're going to be my age. Okay. I hope I hope I live that long. Yeah, yeah. And, and what's going to happen when you get disrespected at that point, and how you're going to feel? That's how I feel. Okay. Yeah, I know. And now yeah. the fake fake tears come. Okay. Whatever. Crocodile tears, Dano. It's <laughs> you know what it is. It, it's very easy, and I I see it already happening now because as a millennial on TikTok, I just get torn apart by a lot of these Gen Z kids, yes. and I get made fun of for being an old. Vicious. So. They are. They're, they're terrifying. Like, as, as empathetic as they are vicious. So I get what you're going through, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop either. Because well, you did like you did the air quotes thing. Like You did it like you're fucking Dr. Evil on Austin Powers. Well, he does that all the time when he says Gojo. For some reason, he says it like really like cutesy. Like, the Gojo podcast. He does it every week. Is my podcast a joke why, to you? Why do you do that? God, why are you guys barraging me like this? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay? He just doesn't. I mean, I like it. It's, it's funny. No, no, no. You both considerably laugh and drop your heads like you're almost disappointed in me well, when I do something like that. I'm, it's not disappointment. It's just like, oh, like, there, here he goes with his cute little thing again. Air quotes are it's like infantilizing and, and patronizing, not disappointing. Hundred percent. What She's the hell was that right. first word you said? <laughs> We're infantilizing you. Is, is that because a word? when old people get super old, they just revert back to being babies again? <laughs> oh, so that's what you're saying? I act like a baby. Air quotes is acting like a baby. Well, it's 
It's like when people say the Facebook still. But I don't say the Facebook. in front of So things. you're telling me, just, just so I have this clear, when I do air quotes, that's like saying the Facebook. Yes. No. No. I, no, I did, no. It's not just that. I mean, it was like the five-minute preamble before we started recording where Mike was trying to help you get on the recording whatever it is app and you couldn't figure that out see now i sound like a boomer i'm like what is it what is that thing ah! called quick time i, don't I know. mean you, you <laughs> just can't these you, days <laughs> you just can't help ripping old people you are a, you are an age i'm an a, yes i'm i'm incredibly disrespectful are, and are you disrespectful to, to your father oh he would say yes i would say we we it equals out i think i need to bring him on the show is what yeah. I need to do. No, never. That's never going to happen. Yeah, because I'm trying to do quick time to tape this, and I always say I have problems, and you always laugh at me. Mike, was I justified in my in my complaints? You you were, but I'm starting to realize that this is what Jess just talked about. It's a comfort level, which you should appreciate. The problem is it is infectious. I had the same thing happen. I was at a bachelor party in New Orleans on Saturday night, and it's a group of my buddies from high school, so we're all conditioned to rip on each other the same way that we rip on you. But like Jess said, when you get that in the wrong context, like I met yeah. one of my buddy's friends from his current job for the first time and oh, just no. immediately started talking shit about his hat, <laughs> about his entire outfit. And his reaction very quickly sent the message that, oh, we didn't agree on this social contract before, so now he's kind of uncomfortable with how to go forward. It happens. It's infectious. I don't understand. It is. I just don't it understand. Is. I don't understand where the hate comes from. Well we got a, a decent amount to talk about. Obviously, we're down to the final four in both the men's and the women's side in basketball. In the NFL, we have the whole, the whole Lamar Jackson thing uh, going on right now, where now it comes out that he requested a trade uh, in early March because he doesn't think the Ravens you know, appreciate what his value is. And last I checked, nobody else has appreciated how his value is either. We can touch on that. But Let's start with, because I'm sure in our listening, uh, people listening and watching us, Jess, that we have a lot of, uh, is it Swifties that we're called? Swifties, yeah. Swifties that, that are called. So last, uh, last week, last Friday, Mike, uh, my wife, Chris, my daughter, Sydney, and then my son, Jake, and his wife, Jenny, all flew to Vegas to go to the Taylor Swift show. And I stayed back with my son-in-law, Ben, Sydney's husband, and we watched young nine-month-old Jackson uh, for the night. And we bonded, you know, three guys bonding and five dogs, which was a lot of fun on our side. But you said you, you're, Mike is a big-time Swifty. Jess, are you? Are you a big Taylor Swift I'm, fan? I'm not really. And I learn a lot about her through Mike and through one of my friends who is 20 and who is a woman that is college age. So it's an interesting, like I see the Taylor Swift stuff on my timeline and it's really just you guys. And, and it looks like it was a wonderful time. I watched her concert through your Instagram story, but um, yeah, I'm not really a Swifty, never really have been. I, I respect Taylor Swift. So the Swifties have never come after me, but she's, yeah, she's great. But you know, you like her more. It is amazing because you talk about it online. They are a terrifying force of nature. Like they're not quite K-pop stands, but they're pretty close as far as the get shit done factor. In person, they're lovely people. Like I was legitimately in an elevator going down in the Delano to the concert, getting ready to walk over. Three girls in matching sequin jackets walk in the elevator, clearly going to the show. And I commented and made a joke like that you would appreciate about, yeah. oh, I feel underdressed. Yeah, I, you know, I should have yeah. gotten ready with you guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> and because I was just dressed like a normie. And so one of them like looked at me very kindly, like she knew she was going to throw me a lifeline and went to her wrist. She had a ton of homemade uh, friendship bracelets, took one off and gave it to me Aww. in the elevator. It was so kind. She did the it. same thing for Jake in the concert later on. We saw the same group, but everyone in general, they're just super supportive. They're to all have a good time. And so I have a glowing review, not only for Taylor Swift, but for the Swifties around the concert. Lovely people. Well, I love that for you. So I, I guess like you bonded. So it would. I guess it would, the, the Beyonce fans would be tougher, do we think? Because if you were to cross one of them, which one, well, which which group would you feel <laughs> worse coming after you? I don't know if Mike, you know my history with oh, Carrie yeah. Underwood fans, but yes. I would never, I would never cross those people again. Because wow, was that a week of hell for me. Yeah. So I don't really like to talk shit about any female pop star. Any really just any celebrity now on Twitter, I just keep my opinions to myself even if they're warranted because it's not worth going after someone who's got a big stand following because they will come for your neck. No, I, I, I don't <laughs> think I, oh, Sunday night. I haven't seen uh yeah. Edit that uh, out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um I haven't really seen Taylor Swift fans really go after people. Oh, I know a guy who jokingly taunted the fan base weeks leading up to the concert and ended up having to delete his Twitter. It got so oh, good. <laughs> yeah, it's... I love it. You know, she brings people together either with love or with, uh, with, hate. with, with hate for <laughs> yeah, the people yeah. that hate on her. So, so, so uh, the question I have is, I don't know how many dates she has. How many? How many? Uh, 53 shows. So 53 shows. She started out here in Arizona with two and then went to Vegas. You guys saw her third show. And obviously still, it's early in the, in the tour. She plays 44 songs and plays for over three hours. Is there any way that you saw the production now? It's like a, sh I mean, it's a truly, it's not like it's a, a it's a Broadway show. It's not like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's not like Adele standing there and just kicking out a song with her incredibly great voice. This is a an unbelievable show. Can she hold this up for fifty two? And not not just her, but obviously the whole the whole group. So I think she can, and I talked to Nora Princiati over at the Ringer about this. Uh, she's one of the foremost Taylor Swift experts. On I was God's gonna, Internet. I was gonna mention her as well as someone who the you and her and my friend, there's Taylor Swift every day on my on my pages. And, and Nora's like the informed voice on this, and she brought up a good point because she does the every single album Taylor Swift pod. They did a review. Taylor Swift, you're right, it's not quite Adele where she's just one woman alone with a microphone and there's not a ton of movement on stage. But it's also not like, you know, Michael Jackson or like a Chris Brown show or a more involved one where she's heavy into the dancing. She's involved, but the backup dancers are doing a lot more of the movement there. Taylor's doing a lot of, a lot of singing, but it's somewhere in the middle of all of those. And so when you combine all those, yeah, I think between... What's actually asked of her in the show, which is still a lot, but also the commitment to it as far as the work her and her crew have put into this, prepping for the physical toll. I think she's got it. I think if anyone knows what this was going to take, it's her. So here's the thing, Jess. There is a correlation that I did not know from her concert to the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs that Mike will now fill you in on. And... Well, I saw some some tape of the guy on stage. He really is unbelievable. 
Isn't the connection that we went to school with her brother and you also cover the Chiefs? I mean, that's a one degree of separation right there. That's a connection. That is a connection. This is a even better connection. A better, a better that, is, that is true. This yeah. is the first time I've seen her since I saw her at football practice where yes. Golden Tate preempted our stretching lines to go over there and shake Taylor Swift's hand as she was going around the field. So <laughs> not since we had sent uh, she had sent our practice into a tizzy. But no, we were sitting there, and her backup dancers are a huge part of the show. Again, there's like acts to this. It's a full-blown play. And one of her performers was a bigger guy who moved incredibly well. And we all said, had big D-tackle energy. Just the way he moved around out there, his combine scouting, would have been, uh, footwork, smooth mover, great hips. And so my brother was so enamored, he looked him up after the show. His name's Cameron Saunders, and he's actually the older brother of former Chiefs and now Saints D-tackle Kalen Saunders, who was at wow. the Saturday night show with his family. I guess he lives outside of Vegas and saw some really heartwarming posts. So Cameron is the older brother of Kalen, who's the NFL player, but you know his kids call him T.T. Goofy. There was all this really cute stuff in there, and he was a huge part of the show, a dynamic performer. And so top to bottom, it's a really impressive group of people that came together to give the most impressive show of a concert I've ever seen. Is this a career opportunity that you missed? Like, could this have been your second act? 100%. 100%. What, a backup dancer? Yes. Oh, my I mean, God. You have good footwork. Yeah. I've seen yeah, you, you do. move. Good enough footwork. I'm all down for the outfit changes there. I have a background in middle school theater, so I could have done some <laughs> of the bit parts and you, the various... Like, you totally... Like, it's not too late, first of all. You're still very young. But also, like, I, I think you missed out a little bit on this. Yeah, now that you say it out loud, I'm kind of swelling with regret. Because <laughs> he looked like he was having a great time, and he gets to hang out with Taylor. So how okay. he moves is unreal. Jess, this guy is, when we I say D-tackle, he looks like a D-tackle. But, I mean, he moves like he's 110 pounds. It's really impressive. Is there a reality show about, like, becoming a background dancer? I, it sounds like something that probably already exists. But if it is, Ooh. we need to get you on it, or we need to invented ourselves so that you I, could I think win that's it. I think that's the making of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders I think that's the oh no yeah the, but yeah. for background yeah. noise yeah is that a thing that's the that no that's the name of the show that I would pitch background noise let's do it I, I I feel like it already like every type of reality competition show has been made so I feel like yeah, there's a milf manor exists this thing's got to exist but <laughs> I was milf so manor oh yeah you haven't oh my, seen that one? No, no. So I have not. Milf Manor. I, I I didn't watch the season, but they set it up with this shocking reveal in the previews, where you had all these milfs in a house that were getting ready to date, and then you find out what is the assumed plot twist at the end was they are actually in a manner all dating each other's sons. Seriously? Yeah. This is where we are. Jess, do you watch Milf Manor? I don't. It sounds. Like legitimately horrifying. It sounds, it sounds like something that if Sigmund Freud were still alive, he would have dug his claws into immediately. I mean, there's a lot going on with that show. And that's what I mean, Mike. Like every reality competition show yeah. has been made. So this probably exists and we need to get Gojo Gojo on it. I, I bet it Gojo. I bet it would be pretty cool because again, you talk about Taylor Swift of performing what these you were saying, what oh, these yeah. dancers do, and to do that fifty two times. Yeah, so I go back to the original question is, 
man, can she hold up? All those people hold up. I just, well, I figure, like, me and Sydney were talking about this after the show. It has to be like how we see now when you see players getting interviewed in the locker rooms after games and they're already in the Norma Tech, so they're riding the bike to flush stuff out and guys are working out. It's got to be like a pro athlete recovery program. Yeah. And I oh, hope that sure. means they're also doing HGH. I was watching a like get ready with me video a few years ago with the star of the Spongebob Squarepants musical and after he's done with the show because this is the Taylor Swift you know the thing that I am always shocked by is their voices being able to hold up while they're singing night after night right so this Broadway guy as soon as he was done with his show did not speak for the rest of the night like he's doing the get ready with me and he's completely silent and people are talking to him and he's just like nodding his head and stuff he doesn't talk when he's done like he just leaves and he doesn't use his voice until the next day because he has to rest it and that is crazy to me the sentence i was watching the get ready with me video of the star of the spongebob musical is the most jess smetana sentence ever i saw i saw the musical (laughs) i saw it on broadway my dad got me tickets to it in like 2018 and me and my friend harry lyles who was a college football reporter for espn went to see spongebob the musical and it was phenomenal no longer on broadway but shout out to spongebob i'm glad you i like that shout out to spongebob wow that's pretty impressive I love that. But yeah, that was absolutely what we talked about too. This idea, does she just go in a dark room and not talk to anybody? Right. Like, I know how I feel after doing an hour and a half podcast where sometimes I don't want to talk to people. She just yelled oh, yes. at a crowd for three plus it's hours. Crazy. It well, is, quarter, quarterbacks have to rest their voices after doing like a cadence for an entire game, right? Like they Sometimes you can lose your voice doing that and then it screws up your... Can, can, can we not martyr them any more than they're already martyred? Oh, here we go. I mean, seriously. You hit I the mean, button. You can hear it through your television when they're calling out plays, and they're well, so they raspy. Have to, because they have to yell Omaha too much? Omaha, Omaha. It, well, oh, it also feels like... Get him like, some tea. Get him some hot tea. It feels like they put on a tougher voice to give out the cadence, too. Like, you'll hear a lot of these guys talk normal, and all of a sudden they get up to the lines like, Red 18. It's like, you don't They're all Southern. Like they all have Southern accents at the <laughs> Like, Aaron, remember when Aaron yeah. Rodgers just yeah. had a Southern accent after that one game, and we were like, what's that about? Yeah, all of a sudden it's Brian Kelly all over again. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe I'm on three. Maybe I'm bitter about the quarterback thing because the owners' meetings are going on uh, actually not too far from my place out here in Arizona. And they just basically wanted nothing to do with roughing the passer being reviewable because of all the shitty calls that are made during the year that cost a defense when they should be off the field, but the quarterback landed a little too hard on the field, so now they get 15 yards in a first down. They didn't want to make that reviewable. So while you guys are mocking me, you know, as I go off on my rant, I think it's justified. I think it's bullshit the way they call the roughing the passer, how much they're protecting the quarterback, and to not even make it reviewable to say, you know what, every now and then we can screw it up. You know, and why don't we catch it so it doesn't cost a team on third down when they can get off the field? There weren't that many times where it was. I mean, I know we debated it endlessly, but there were only a couple from last season I can think of a that. A couple? I, a couple? There's a couple a game, let alone a couple no, for the season. Not that many. Come on, Jess. Not that people actually give a damn about. And is it really worth it to slow down the game any more than we are? That's the thing. I mean, I don't know if you guys have been reading about the the college football changes that are coming. They're going to start 
um, I, I guess there's three rules that they're proposing or four rules that they're proposing to make the games quicker. And obviously the, the best thing to make the games quicker would be fewer media timeouts, but that is That's how these, these right. leagues make money. Now it's the same thing with the NFL. It's like, do we really want more reviews? It's already, some of them are so slow and so long. I, I don't know if well, that is the hill that I would die on. I, I would say this. Oh, players. I would, I would die on this hill for sure. Yeah, I would know. say this, a get more proficient at reviews to do them a little Which quicker. They have some of those expedited reviews yes, have actually been a huge godsend. I agree. Yeah. And B Jess, if you say there's only a couple of the year, then it's barely not going to add any time. But we could maybe get it Fair right. Enough. Good argument. We could maybe get it right so a team that just busted its ass to get off the field doesn't have to live with a shitty call and be first and 10 again. Does this help offense? Uh, I know. I know. If it doesn't it's, help offense, nobody cares. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not saying I don't feel your guy's pain. I'm just saying the league office does not give a shit. I know. I, I, listen, I, I understand that. I understand we got to play that stinking game. But, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, man. Did you guys see the picture of all of the uh, coaches, the yearly yeah. coaches and GM's oh, picture? Oh, it's the best. Uh, yes. I, I so greatly appreciated Sean Payton making his return to the NFL and announcing his presence with authority by bulldogging everybody within arm's reach of him. He sat up so square and tall while some guys <laughs> like Sean McVay and others look like they're stuffed in a gym locker. He is ve- he's very broad. You're right. He's manspreading. Do we still say manspreading? Man right? I don't, you I, like spread you, your knees like as far apart as possible and take up as much space as you humanly can. That's 100% uh. what it is. You learn a lot about how these guys would be on an airplane based on how they're willing to yes. sit here. With the armrest. How about the uh, who's got As if they've the ever armrest. sat in economy in their lives, right? Yeah, they're all used right, to having true. like their own little pod in first class. I like looking at the the outfit choices too. Like you got your quarter zips, your button downs, your long sleeves. Some like Mike Tomlin's dressing it up with a blazer. It's always fun to just judge everyone. Usually Andy Reid's got some sort of like printed Hawaiian shirt on. I think he had one on uh, this week as well. It's always nice to just go through. And my favorite thing every year is like, can I name any of the new coaches? Do I know what they look like? There's like last year I was like, who is that? Oh, that's Arthur Smith. Huh, that's what he looks like. It's always a fun little exercise. Oh, there's 100% three guys up there I couldn't name off the first look. (laughs) Right, like Dennis Allen, I'm still not really sure what he looks like. (laughs) <laughs> Dennis Allen seems more like I, an idea than an actual person to me. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Brian Dayball. You're looking no. at last year's picture. Oh, is Dad. this last year's picture? <laughs> yep. I can <laughs> say Matt, Matt, Rule, Matt Rule's, Matt in, that Rule's in there, so it can't be. No, Dayball left his sunglasses on in this year's picture, and he's got a, a lot of sunburn on that bald head of his. I he's saw a report good. that Brian Dayball was the first coach to crack a beer at 1130 in the morning on the second day of meetings. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, That's it amazing. is amazing. It is Andy Reid every year in the Hawaiian shirt. I just love. I'm with you. And I, I now that I'm looking at it, I see what you're saying about uh, about Sean Payton, it, the, the man spreading and throwing also, the knees out there. Also, did anyone else know Mike McCarthy was fucking huge? He looks like oh, the yeah. Hulk on the end of that. Thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I knew he was. He big. does. Yeah. Yeah. He's, so he's got the nice uh, the nice jacket on as well, and like uh, all the all the shoe choices. Andy Reid's got some nice like comfy slides on, he and does. then. You got like a lot of white sneakers. No one's really going with the dress shoe anymore. The thing I learned was that Bill Belichick clearly ties his shoes bunny ear style yeah. because the <laughs> laces were up and down. That only happens when you tie bunny ears, which is the objectively really? worst way to tie. And, and I think Andy Reid, because he's won the Super Bowls now and is you know, one of the great coaches, he could have, but he didn't. He kept his knees in nice and tight. 
He didn't try and take anybody's space. You know, he just said, Who's the guy in the Jordans on the first row, Gojo? Um, you're flipping too fast. Um, that is, um, this, is this who we're talking about? No, that's, um, the coach of the Browns. Oh, Stefanski. Oh, yeah. Stefanski. Kevin really? Stefanski. Kevin oh. Stefanski. Didn't recognize him. Yep. Salt and pepper beard a little bit too well lined up and clearly wearing Jordans to try and be a cool dad. But I did, I did a, uh, an awards banquet in Cleveland the year he was hired and he was there and we chatted. He does have a wonderful beard. It's it a is. wonderful beard. Mike, yeah. I think Mike, Pete Carroll looks the best. I hate to say, Pete Carroll looks the best. He does. Look at his hair. He looks phenomenal. Plus, he's got he great is, hair. Is is he is he or Bill the oldest? Right there, uh, one of the. I I, I think I, he's older. I think he's older. I do think he's the oldest. I think he's the oldest. Oh, uh, I I just love in all of this. My biggest takeaway was that when we re up, I'm sure for summer sports talk radio slash podcasting, and we do the coaching cage match conversation. Mike, or, uh, excuse me, um, um, next to Kevin O'Connell in the Dan back. Campbell. Dan Campbell, the number one overall oh, pick. but we're not even close. Well, just because I met, I, I met um, Kevin O'Connell at the Super Bowl, and he's like full 6'6". He's super tall. Yeah, I didn't know how tall he was till I saw this picture. <laughs> yeah, he is very tall. Now, D'Amico Ryans might come in and, and get just from the age factor, being young and a former linebacker, as far as the cage match, it would yeah. make a great like setting the edge drill between him because you obviously have Dan Campbell as a former tight end, so yeah, you could definitely those two guys will definitely be down there at like Mike Vrabel style strapping it up with players before games. Yeah, that's true. And boy, you're right about Dayball. What a red head he has! Holy smokes! <laughs> is it is it hot out there still in Arizona? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's getting pretty hot. This week is a is a very very warm oh, week. So. And, and, Dable's every bald bearded white guy too. Like his skin is just not built to handle this kind of sun. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. All right. So Mike, before we get you out of here, let's, let's do a little NFL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And the, the big news now is Lamar Jackson it came out. He tweeted March 2nd uh, that he requested a tra- trade because the Ravens don't, don't see his, his value. I'm, I'm getting to the point here where I've already said, I think the move by Baltimore was a good move, that they couldn't come up with a deal, go get a deal somewhere else, and then we'll match it, and we still have you as our quarterback. I, I don't buy the whole bad blood thing. You get over that when you get paid a lot of money. You, get, you work through the bad blood. But right now, I, I, I hear so many analysts and former players say, how are you not paying the guy, blah, blah, blah. And we know the owners don't want to get into guaranteed contracts. But the bottom line is the bottom line. Nobody is offering him that deal. So he's either going to get a fully guaranteed deal, which seems less likely, or he's going to have to come up with a number that he's 
going to live with that's not fully guaranteed or he sits. I mean, those are the options, right? Yeah, those are the options. Yeah. But I think we learned this week when Lamar Jackson decides to play the game, right? He'd been responding and reacting to everything that had been coming out clearly of Ravens camp through NFL insiders for a while. And so he decided to let loose his own tweet, basically saying, yeah, March 2nd, I asked for a, a trade from this team, right as John Harbaugh's getting set to talk at the NFL owners meetings. That was calculated. That was something he decided to do to make sure he was the number one thing talked about at the beginning of the media coverage of this, and I'm sure among the people around the league there. And what we saw and learned was, well, the Colts are clearly ready to kick the tires on this. Chris Ballard said, yeah, we're in the market for really good football players at that position. Lamar's a good football player. Declined to get into specifics, but he didn't say no the way we saw other teams do. We heard from Rob you know Robert Kraft that apparently Meek Mill hit yeah. him up on behalf of Lamar Jackson <laughs> and said that Lamar wants to be a Patriot and he said that's up to Bill so we didn't hear a no either we started to see more of the conversation and a couple avenues especially in the Colts that seemed like a real viable path like hell if there's anyone who's going to go buck wild and give Lamar a fully guaranteed deal it's crazy ass Jim Irsay who started to get Daniel Snyder out of the paint last year here what did you think of uh, John Harbaugh's reaction to it because it was right before he went up to talk to the media and I actually thought he handled it like pretty well given he had no warning that that was going to be the entire I mean he knew obviously that Lamar's situation was going to be the main talking point but the tweets about the trade request was brand new yeah he did a great job with that just because he's smart like yeah when everything was going on with Aaron Rodgers a couple years ago when it started to get weird around the Jordan Love draft, I remember Matt LaFleur was always right on Aaron's side. He's like, yeah, of course, because he's a coach and he realizes how much better a coach he is with a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. John Harbaugh's the same way. He's seen how the other half lives around this league. And so he knows, yeah, me just continuing to operate as if Lamar Jackson is my quarterback is one, the easiest PR strategy for them. And two, probably somewhat of what he feels given the fact that he doesn't want to have to start all over this late in his coaching career. So in case people don't know, we only talk really about the two sides of it. If another team wants him, they have to give him two first round draft picks and do a deal um, or Baltimore can match it and they have him. But if Baltimore and another team say the Colts work out a trade, then it doesn't have to be the two first-round picks. It could be whatever trade uh, value you put on it, plus basically a sign-and-trade for the deal that Lamar wants. I still think Baltimore is in this. I, I, I don't buy into the whole bad blood. They don't want me. They don't know my value. Again, I think this was a smart business move. for a, if, if Lamar was truly saying, I want a fully guaranteed contract, and we know the Ravens offered, what, 250 with 133 guaranteed, up to 175 with injury, fully guaranteed. And if Lamar only wanted, wanted uh, a, a fully guaranteed contract and they didn't want to do it, I, I really think it was the right move to say, all right, have somebody else do it. Have somebody else. If they want to do it, then maybe we'll revisit and we'll think about doing it. But do, do you think if another team does the two first-rounders and offers them a fully guaranteed deal, Baltimore matches? Uh, I don't know at this point. Like, they let it get to this point for a reason. Like, yeah. clearly they feel differently about him than the rest of us do. So, I don't know. I would assume so. I know that there's things in that point that other teams can do to make it financially impossible for them to so match. So, you say they feel different about him than the rest of us do. Well, the other 31 teams feel the same way right now. Well, Baltimore no, the other, the other teams feel that way with the stipulation that Baltimore can match. If Lamar Jackson was truly a free agent, and they didn't have to worry about upsetting their plans and their organization There'd be more for something that may not come. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's hamstrung yeah. by that yeah. part of the process. Yeah. 
which is why him potentially sitting out is a viable option because he doesn't have to worry. I don't think about the same things Le'Veon Bell did when it came to it affecting his free agency if he didn't play X amount of games that year. And so, yeah, Lamar Jackson could absolutely sit this season in a way that would ruin Baltimore's life. The only thing I would say, Jess, is Dak Prescott had a major injury and he got paid more than what everybody expected him to pay. So I don't know why Lamar would sit out. You know, and yeah, he'd make $32 million, I, even if he got hurt. We, as I said, we just saw Dak get a hell of a lot more money than people he thought he was going to get. So to me, sitting out is, is, you can threaten it all you want, but I never think that's a good option. Right. Like, it worked for Deshaun Watson, but I, I don't think, like, they're in completely different positions contract-wise. And I think that that would be a bummer for everyone, especially fans, because he's 26 and sitting out a year in yeah. prime would be disappointing, to say the yeah. least, but... You guys he has to did, do what makes the most sense for him. You guys did notice he's running the same playbook that Roquan Smith ran in Chicago, right? You remember when Roquan did this the summer he was beefing with the Bears? Yes. Yep. Same deal. Public letter to the fan base. Like, I'm sure those guys talk. Like, I don't know anything on that, but they were teammates for half a year. Right. Yeah. Right. Lamar is getting ready to walk into the same situation. I'm sure at some point might have hit him up and be like, so, hey, how does this go? And that was, you know, St. Omni. We've now moved on to Ken Francis as our next mythical NFL figure that we're not quite sure who or what he does. And then Meek Mill also. But, but it's, it, it's the interesting thing to me also is we as former players and fans, especially of that team, basically are like, oh, I'll pay the guy. Just pay the guy. And listen, I want to see every player get all the money he can get. But there is another side to this. There is another side to this from the business standpoint of it as well. And forgetting even the business, the precedent side of it. That Cleveland, while everybody says is an outlier, if I'm a player like Lamar, I said outlier hell. <laughs> you paid the guy that, so this is that's a precedent as far as I'm concerned. So so give me my money. But it's it's easy for everybody else to spend somebody's money without looking at the whole business side of this. I think. But enough about your kids. Hey, yeah. You get it? No. You really don't. don't. Don't worry about it. It's okay. See, you guys are doing this where you're talking over my head. You think it's nice? How scared do you think Mike Brown and the Bengals are? (laughs) Yeah. If if they give him anywhere close to fully guaranteed money and Joe Burrow's just sitting there staring at that franchise that's never been interested in spending money? I think even if they don't, they're probably already like... I think the Deshaun Watson thing has has probably spooked every front office, right? But I, I also think that if they don't, the Bengals are like, well, our path to win the division just got a lot easier without Lamar Jackson in it. So, Ooh, that is, that is a real tough choice. You get Lamar out of your division yep. if he gets what he wants. But at the same time, you also then actually have, have to start ponying up. Yeah, you're going to yeah. have to pay Joe Burrow. A lot, but you're going to have to pay him a lot of money regardless because he's Joe Burrow. It's Burrow and Herbert, right? I mean, is there anybody else? Is, is, is Jalen Hurts, are we putting him in that conversation? Well, I mean, Jalen Hurts is going to come up this summer. Like, right. there's a chance that, that at this rate, that could happen before Lamar Jackson's deal gets consummated. Right, right. And you wonder where that fits in with when Burrow and Herbert get their money. And, and it's all the great quarterbacks are in the AFC. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. Like, you, you better have a great quarterback in the AFC or you got no shot. Correct? That's true. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, they're all there. Kenny. All the greats. Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I, we haven't talked about the Steelers in like six months, all right? I had to get a, a joke off. And probably for good reason. Mike I mean. Tomlin said he's excited about the potential <laughs> there, Jess. The yeah. gloves are on, baby. He the gloves be. are on. They've actually made some, I think, pretty decent. Mike, you're an O-line guy. Tell me about Isaac Samulo. <laughs> yeah, I would say oh, that, was a, yeah. that was a good signing yeah. for them in a very need position. Like, he's... 
I think one of the best things and smartest things you can do in general as far as O-line development now, if you don't have a coach that's necessarily like what they've got in Philadelphia, you go and just get guys with high pedigree from places that have been in those. That's why in college you see people go to the Alabamas and Iowas and Notre Dames of the world constantly because you know what you're going to get out of those places. So yeah, just go right across to the other side of Pennsylvania and grab you one of them hosses. Yeah, they needed there help on the O-line too. So that was, they got to protect Pickett a little more if he's if he's even going to become an average quarterback. Right, Jess? I said Kenny did pretty good I'm at the end kidding. of last year. That was a joke. I was, God forbid I try a joke. Yeah, God we'll forbid. Funny next time. The old guy. Oh. All right. All right. Mike, wait, before before Gojo yeah. goes, Gojo, oh. have you seen this report that the Jets are are taking their time now because of Aaron Rodgers being 90% retiring before entering uh the 4-day darkness chamber? They're they're concerned for for clarification about the retirement comment, not the fact that he went into a darkness chamber for 4 days. Yeah, no, I'm, well, I mean, it's New York. T- Jess, you lived in New York. I'm sure there's weirder shit every day happening there than a darkness retreat. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's just called February in yeah. New York. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing the new. The sun sets at 3 p.m. Yeah. And it rises at 8. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So did I see that's affecting what they want as far as compensation from yes. the Packers to kind of offset that notion that you might, like, you got to look at this as one year one with year. a maybe yep. in year two, right. which is, again, why... I think the Jets are in a precarious spot and the Packers can kick their feet up. Because, Dad, while you say, yeah, we don't really have to give a damn if Aaron Rodgers shows up and works out in the offseason, I'm sure if you're the Jets, you'd like that. Because he doesn't know any of the... He knows Nathaniel Hackett and he knows Alan Lazard. He doesn't know any of the rest of these guys that are all going to be really important to their success. And so the longer the Packers drag this thing out, I think the more and more desperate the Jets have to get, even if they're putting on a brave face I'll still say, you know, he didn't know any of the rookie receivers in Green Bay last year. He didn't feel the need to go work with them. And it was one of their toughest seasons to date where they didn't go 13-3 and and And, win the NFC. And as, as I said, he's done this his whole career. So to expect him to do it with the Jets and be pissed if he doesn't? No, man. You get who you're getting. To expect him to change now and say, I'm going to walk into this and I'm going to kumbaya everybody and we're going to go pass and play together every day is is ridiculous. I'm just saying you'd probably like him there. Oh, no. at least like to have him in your organization as your quarterback before August. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's fair. No, I don't hear Jeff. What did I do? (laughs) Ah, that's showbiz baby that's showbiz goodbye mike hey guys thanks download subscribe rate review gojo wherever you get your podcast five star rating gojo gojo you know i'm sorry that we had to let my son Mm -hmm. gojo go jess so you could you could stop your (laughs) rip session of of me i mean it, it just seems like it's just natural for the two of you it is. That's what's scary about it. I can't believe. Wait, now, wait. This, this you, you said earlier you, you were with your boyfriend's parents. This wasn't the first time, right? No, no. We, okay. I've known them for a while, yeah. So let me ask you a question. The first time you met them, were you an asshole to them then like you were over vacation? Probably, yeah. So you know what? You know what? I respect that because you should always be you. <laughs> You should always be you. I agree with that. You know what? I don't try to put on a facade. That's for sure. No. Always be you, you, Jess. You see what you get. Yep. Yep. You you stay you. You stay you. That's why I love you. That's why, you know, I know. One thing that they've uh, come to understand about me is that regardless of what time of year 
we're spending time together, there's always some sort of Notre Dame game or activity yes. that I need to watch on TV. So we planned our Saturday around the Sweet 16 game that Notre Dame played against Maryland, which they played hard, Mike, but Maryland was... Well, I mean, Notre Dame's missing too much. You know, exactly. And, and it, was, it was also a Notre Dame day because I was flipping between that and the lacrosse and game right? on ESPNU, Notre Dame, which was six and oh, and number one in the country in men's lacrosse, played Virginia, which was number three and only had one loss in Virginia. Virginia handled them pretty good. Six, I think yeah. it was 16 10. It was at Notre Dame, and the cool thing was on the berm there was the football team. Yes. Before their spring or before or after their spring practice, they were all out there. It was like 36 degrees and like half like snow and rain, a, a typical winter day in South Classic. Bend. But, yeah. but that was pretty That's cool. It was warm for them. Yeah, like exactly. But it was but, bad for, uh, for yeah. Notre Dame uh, lacrosse and Notre Dame women's basketball. Um, real quick, Micah Shrewsbury, what do, we, what do we know about him? The Penn State coach who became the men's basketball coach, took over for Mike Bray, who is down in South Florida now, and got a coach down there. I've heard nothing but great things. I have not met Micah, but I've heard great things about him. I was going to say the same thing. I don't, I'm not like super familiar with any of the teams that he's coached. He used to like coach IUSB, so yeah, he's yeah. lived in South Bend before. Indiana guy, yeah. He's from Indiana, so that worked in, in Notre Dame's favor. Um, I think it is a exciting. Anytime your team's hiring a, another Power Five coach, I think that's always a sign that they're willing to commit, you know, to someone who's going to grow the program and and make them, you know, back where they were like nine years ago or eight years ago when Notre Dame was making the tournament every year, right, two right. back to back elite eights, <laughs> recruiting really well. So um, I don't know. I think it's I think it's exciting. I think. You know, seven years shows that they're making a pretty big commitment to men's basketball that I think if you were just a casual fan, you might wonder in the NAL, like one and done portal era, if Notre Dame men's basketball was going to make that sort of commitment and in the shows that they're willing to. So that's I think they are. I, I don't know if they'll get the players to be one and done, but with NIL and with the transfer portal and Mike, I think, has a great reputation as well. Will he be able to, from the transfer, obviously there's recruiting that, that's involved, but then to get, for the transfer portal, to get players in, how quickly can he build this team? Because you're right, while Mike Bray had a, had a hell of a career here, you know, it was intermittent when he got to the tournament and how far he got in the tournament. And I think they would, Notre Dame would like a little more consistency in at least getting to the tournament, some Sweet 16 Elite Eights or further you know, and uh, and see if Micah can bring this in. So we welcome him to the Notre Dame uh, coaching family yeah. for sure. Hopefully I saw we'll have him on sometime. Yes, yes, I saw he was talking to the football team before one of their spring practices, which was uh, pretty cool. But we were talking about the women's basketball team that lost the women's Final Four set, and given two of the number one seeds with an upset, you still ended up with decent chalk: three LSU against one Virginia Tech and two Iowa against one South Carolina. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I don't know a ton about LSU and Virginia Tech. So one of the biggest things I'm going to look for is what Kim Mulkey is wearing because yes. she has now <laughs> done this unbelievable fashion show for every game of, of what she has done. Uh, but I certainly look forward to that game. But, I mean, what is going to go on with Caitlin Clark from Iowa, who is unbelievable. She is so much fun to watch against undefeated South Carolina. Where are they at, 40 now from last year to this year? 30, they, 
they're yeah, forty in a row, forty, or 40 in a row, in a row or something but like this that. year they're yeah. like thirty-five and oh. Yes. They haven't lost this entire season. Their last loss was in the SEC championship game <laughs> right, last right. year. Made the and run then have, and won the title and now looking to do it again back to back. Yeah. I don't know if you watched any of the Maryland South Carolina game that was on Monday night, but they South Carolina is so tall. They oh. play great defense. Aaliyah Boston's a national player of the year yep. candidate. She won it last year. She's an amazing player, probably the best in college basketball right now. She gets like doubled every single game and she's just, she's incredibly talented. So that batch up with Iowa, who's got one of the hottest shooters, I think that we maybe have seen ever, or at least in a long time in college basketball is going to be a crazy matchup. And then on the other side, Virginia tech, they have the ACC player of the year, Elizabeth Kitley. And uh, LSU has their own star player, Angel Reese, who transferred from Maryland to play for Kim Mulkey. So both sides of it are going to be really exciting, I think. So there's a lot to watch uh, on the women's basketball front. And I've heard people say that they are more excited about that Final Four than the men's Final Four because there's some, you know, strange teams in it this yeah. year. But I'm kind of looking forward to both. Oh, I am for sure. But, I mean, that from the power matchup, I mean – so for the men, you're looking at nine uh, FAU against five San Diego State and then five Miami against four UConn. But, I mean, you, you don't have the power. When, when you're looking at an individual power, you, you mentioned from uh, the, the National Player of the Year candidate from South Carolina. They have stars Boston, there. But, yeah. but, but Caitlin Clark has just been incredible. So to have that style power and that team against this juggernaut right now, at least from last year and this year, of what South Carolina is doing – uh, I know my buddy Darius Rucker has to be pretty happy in, in what's going on here. But that that's kind of the power game, right, um, from from both Final Fours. And that's the one I'm looking forward to. Cause, uh, but did you see when uh, it was Sue Bird showed up to – it was Iowa's practice, right? Yes. Uh, that was really cool how, how, how infatuated the players were. Yeah, it's they good were to so see excited that. to see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it, cool. Very, very cool to see that. But – I think what the most interesting thing on the men's side to me, Jess, is, you know, the fact that all, you know, obviously, you know, we have no one, two or threes anywhere in this thing. It's like, I think it's like the third highest when you add the, the numbers up of the seeds uh, that we've had. Um, I, I think the thing to me that I see, especially going forward, could UConn be back? I mean, remember when it was UConn women who lost in the last round and the UConn men, one year they were national champs together, but they both were dominating, dominating both men and women's side. And obviously the UConn men had fallen off for a while. And boy, the way they're playing right now, they're, they're the favorite, actually. They're, they're sitting yeah. at minus 125 on the um, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. They're minus 125. And then at San Diego State at plus 380, Miami at plus 475, and FAU at plus 650. But UConn is a favorite. Now, I don't know. The women are right there. As I mentioned, they lost last round. And I actually watched their regular season game against South Carolina. And it was a, and it was a close game for a bit. And then South Carolina started mm-hmm. pulling away uh, at the end. But that's what I take away from this. I know the UConn women are always going to be right up there. But are the men having this resurgence now with Dan Hurley, a coach, and, you know, kind of kind of bringing this team back a little bit. Well, I, I, the fact that they are the odds-on favorite to win, like, yes, I think that that's a, a sign that their men's program's having having a, a better season. I, I can't speak to, like, the per, 
the program as a whole. I can speak to the women's side, which is, um, you know, their 14 season consecutive Final Four streak yeah. ended, which is a cr- insane statistic that they've made the Final Four 14 seasons in a row. Um, and the is the UConn dynasty over uh, articles already being written. Right. And I don't necessarily subscribe to that because they're going to have a lot of talent next yeah. year. And, and they're one of their best players, Paige Beckers, was out the entire season. Right, so. exactly, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, I don't yeah. see them. They certainly aren't going to drop off like the men's program did. Uh, yeah. You know, n- not, not by any stretch. And I don't see them really dropping off much at all. They're not going to be maybe as dominant as they were. Uh, but but man oh man if you if the little stores Connecticut if all of a sudden they have the men's <laughs> and the women's two of the top teams again that would uh, that would be something. Well, what are you most excited for this weekend? Which game? South Carolina Iowa. I, I think it is South Carolina I think Iowa. That, I think that's appointment appointment television. For, I I, for I do I do I think that that's what I'm looking forward to. I mean, did you see on I think the ESPN bracket challenge had like I don't know how many millions of people 37 37 brackets had this final four that's how but no it should be zero i know too high i know i'm stunned at that but i think that's what i read that 37 that makes me think that like a computer is filling out different yeah uh every different combination of final fours because the how who would put fau and even Miami, like either South Florida team in the Final Four is crazy to me. Yep, yep. I completely agree. I completely agree. So I I don't know how that happened, but it happened. And I should say on the, the women's Miami side. Miami fans like, we told you we were a Final Four team. Fine, well, whatever. But how about Miami, the, the women's side? The women and men made a, you know, a decent <laughs> little run there. The women yeah. finally got ousted. But um, um, and, and, and it was wild. I don't know if it had ever been done before where – the women and men both knocked off the same team when they both knocked off Indiana. I think I don't know. Checked. I I don't know if that's ever been done before either. I need to check check on that. It's it, it's crazy that that uh, that happened. Right? Yeah, and yeah. Was on I agree. Back nights. I am looking forward to that at that game. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see. And then obviously next week we'll be talking about uh, the, the the champions uh, in basketball. So. I look forward to that. I don't know what else is coming out of the men's uh, or the, I should say, the NFL owners meetings that we were chatting about a little more. As I said, it's right down the street from me here uh, in Arizona. Well, you should so. go wiretap some of the rooms and yeah, see what's in. happening. Yeah, you're see getting what's the, happening. Get the scoop. You're, get, you're getting the most, you know, you know, milk toast answers, which isn't shocking, you know, of any of the people <laughs> that are talking. So uh, I, I never, never cared a whole lot about that. How about real quickly to, to finish up? Any TV shows that you're? Uh, I just I watched the first episode of Successions last season. Uh, I don't know if you watched that. I haven't watched it yet. I'm actually watching a really bad show right now that I need to finish. What? Um, it's called Outer Banks. Have we talked about Outer Wait Banks? Wait a minute. Yet? Okay. Now I saw when you either tweeted or Instagram one of the two about that. I watch yes. Outer Banks. I could not agree more. I keep watching it. I keep going. This is really bad. And yet I keep watching it. I've exactly. Watched, I finished the yes. season. I, I'm done with this season. Wait, you, you're caught up. Yes. You finished season oh. three? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I finished. Yeah. Wow. Okay, it yes. just came out. That's some serious television watching. I, I respect that. I never watch shows like, and I, know, I don't, this isn't one of them, like Succession or Last yeah. of Us, you know, when they're on on Sunday nights or whatever. I never watch them when they're on. I always mm-hmm. watch them after the fact. But I know... Outer Banks is just they release the whole season. You watch it, I want. Yeah. But I binge these things. 
So Outer I mean, Banks was made for it because the yeah. episodes pick up right where the episode before ended. Like there's no time jump. It just is all continuous. In fact, like there's this show. So it's about these like five kids that live in the Outer Banks and they find buried treasure and everything. If, if anyone hasn't watched it, that's basically the premise. Yeah. But so many insane things happen to these these kids that are like 16 yeah, and yeah. it keeps escalating. Cause it's like, Oh, well we've already done the car chase. So we, now we have to do a shootout. Now we have yeah. to hijack a shipping yeah. container and like all these ridiculous things keep happening. They so, are yeah, ridiculous. I, I can't stop watching it. Cause I do want to see how it ends because I know it's going to be stupid, but it's like really bad. And, how, and how, it blows my mind. How, how many more do you have? The, I just finished season two. Oh, oh, you have the whole season. So, oh, okay. All right. Let me just say, it. the only thing I'll say is it ends and you don't know if it ends. Oh, God. For no, good. are they making another season? I, I, I just, they could go either way. When, when you, and, and that's all I'll say. You'll see it. Mike. And they could go either way. Because I am so with you. I'm How? Like, why do I keep watching this? And I but keep I can't watching stop. It. I know. It's like the Breaking Bad meme with Jesse when he's like, they can't keep getting away with this. Yep. That's how I feel about these writers. Every time they write something and then something crazy happens like five minutes later, I'm like, they cannot keep getting away with this. There's one episode, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but there's an episode in season two where one of the main characters has like anaphylactic shot shock gets shot with like an EpiPen, yep. gets into a car accident, totals his car. And at the end of the episode, they're blowing up a, a port with like uh, like a gas explosion and oh, then yeah. they hijack a ship like how does that all happen in oh, one just episode wait. just they're wait 16 just wait what they what they're able to do in this, in this season deal with it is i know i know i know but there are some good plot twists in it i mean since we're watching it i mean <laughs> I, i'm on one of those right now too jess it's called wrong side of the tracks on netflix okay it is it is bad and I'm yet, writing this down. <laughs> I, I, and yet, I, I, I know. And yet, I keep watching it. I, 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 again, I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? And yet, I keep doing it. But Succession well, is phenomenal. I'll need to phenomenal. watch that to, for a, a palate cleanser tonight, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Succession is so good. Banks. So the, the first episode of uh, last season of Succession is out now. And this is the final season. So I look forward to seeing how, uh, how that's going to end. But, uh, yeah. oh, my God. I mean, that, that's... Uh, I have another one that, that I, I don't know if I can bring myself back to because I started watching it. It's called Biohackers. And, and what is that? I, I, I know, I know, I know. I got a problem. You talk to my wife. <laughs> she, she just laughs at me because I download all this shit because, like I said, whenever I travel for work, by yeah. the time I get on the plane, I make sure all my work is done. I don't want to be doing it right up to tomorrow. I was kind of that way with football. By the uh -huh. time we got to game day, I was done. I was ready to go. And I'm kind of the same way here. So when I get on a plane, I just like to kind of free my mind of any kind yeah. of the work and watch stupid shows like Biohackers or Wrong Side of the Tracks or Outer Banks. And let me tell you, you know what I've gotten to do now because I feel so bad that I'm doing this on the plane that I bought uh, uh, a word search book. And uh, is it, is it, I, I always say it wrong. Sudoku, is that Sud what? Sudoku, yeah. Sudoku, I always get it wrong. I get the volume. Right. Sudoku. So I have a, one of those books each. And before I can turn on a, one of these stupid, mindless things I've taped, I have to do a Sudoku puzzle and I have to do one word search. 
keeping to your keep mind kind sharp. of my mind, like my it. brain going. Because I am getting older, Jess, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> I am getting older. Uh, and, it's and a good so strategy. I engage my mind before I, my mind goes, you know, like jelly in watching these <laughs> stupid shows. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. So it, it has definitely happened. So you enjoy, uh, you enjoy Outer Banks. Thanks. You enjoy Outer Banks. I'm going to enjoy Caitlin Clark's game against South Carolina. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.